Hey Siri, give me H-Town soccer. Talking all things Houston Dynamo FC. This is the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. We are Forever Orange. What up, H-Town? Welcome to another episode of the official Dynamo Theory Podcast. My name is Rudy Segura, and I am joined by Christian Putalias and Rodrigo Segura. Guys, we're back at it again. Episode number 10, if I'm not mistaken, and it's February. So I'm pretty sure we're all excited because the MLS season kicks off this month. But Christian, tell the people how they can connect with us, man. What's up? What's up, everybody? Yeah, uh, you can always get at us on IG and Twitter at Dynamo Theory. You can send us an email with your concerns, comments, or praises at Dynamo Theory Podcast at gmail.com. You can find me at Chris Putalias. You can find Rudy at Rudy Segura 3, and you can find Rodrigo at Rodrigo Segura 01. And for everything, you can go just to dynamotheory.com and you can just find everything there. So, yep. So, what's up, guys? What's up? What's up? And yeah, definitely make sure to check out Dynamo Theory. Business has been booming in all kinds of ways, man, whether it be articles, views. Uh, the thank you for, you know, you guys listening to the podcast. We need to continue to grow this uh, Dynamo Theory community that we're trying to uh, grow. But guys, you know, preseason's upon us, right? We Two weeks ago, uh, we started or, you know, kicked off preseason with the guys training. Right now, they are in Arizona, but before we start talking about that, you know, there's a preseason scrimmage, the first one, I suppose, between what it is, uh, Houston Dynamo and Houston Dynamo 2, or a mix of players, um, and Christian was able to go to the little time slot that they opened up for the media, man, and, you know, before we, you know, go any further, you know, can you tell us a little bit about the atmosphere, kind of what you saw, Christian, uh, you know, who you saw there, and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like Rudy said, you know, I made the trip out there. Me living in Katy, it's like 30, 30, 40 minutes away from uh, the Houston Sports Park. Uh, So I went down there and the first thing I saw was, you know, there was a bunch of cars like lined up on the side of the street and there was a truck full of dudes just standing up. (laughs) All we needed was like some dudes like climbed on trees and stuff like that. But it was cool to see that, you know, some people cared and some people, I guess, found out because only the media uh, knew about those things but you know there's a snitch out there which is cool you know shout out to that snitch that let the people know but there was like uh, i don't know maybe six seven guys like just standing on on the back of a truck and it was cool because they were like you know when somebody would do something they'll be like oh good job you know whoever you know it may be they're all hispanic guys by the way so it was all in spanish uh like it was funny the first like i got off my car and i, and I heard when a fafa la, la proxima la proxima i was like oh fafa's playing right so Funny enough, so I went in, and uh, so they were playing, like, on the last field, you know, where the building is. So I ran all the way to the building because I was like, oh, I could see people inside. And I was like, I guess the media is already in there because there was nobody outside. And then I kind of, like, went in. There was, like, this open gate, so I just walked in, right? And then there's this girl, and I guess she does videos for the Dynamo, and she was like, can I help you? And I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm here for the for the media thing. She was like, hold on, let me call somebody, because I don't think you're supposed to be here. I was like, all right. And then she called Edgar, I guess, Edgar, who is the, the communications guy for the Dynamo. And yeah, basically, they were like, nah, you need to go outside. <laughs> it still hasn't been open <laughs> uh, for media. So I got kicked out for, for a few minutes. Good job. 
Yeah, you know. If you went and hanged out with the dude. When I saw those people in the truck, the first thing that I thought of, and I'm sure you know this, you remember the video of the kids from Argentina they're on top of the house and then they're like, Esto se va a descontrolar. <laughs> and then anyway. they all fell through. Yeah, that's a great video. Great video. Yeah, that's uh, anyway. So they kicked you out, man. Yeah, so they kicked me out. And then finally, well, I got kicked out twice. So because then I went back, I went back closer to the field and there was a gate. Uh, like it's like a door not like a big old gate so i actually walked in and then i saw edgar again i was like hey what's up edgar you know just saying hi the game was going on and he was like oh you're not supposed to be here yeah he was like i'll call you i'll call you you know whenever you're you're it's time for you to come in i was like oh snap my bad and because when i walked in everybody just looked at me like who the heck is this guy you know i was like the only one now wearing like sports clothing you know like i was in my jeans funny enough my top that i have it's the same top they wear. So I was like, I blend in a little bit, but I was wearing jeans. And the only other person I think wearing jeans was like Pat Onstad. So obviously I had nothing to do. With you that. left the Russian tracksuit in the house, clearly. Yeah. But um, yeah, so, you know, eventually you get let in and, and you get to see a little bit of what's going on. You know, what did you uh, see maybe from Nagamura? Like, you know, obviously I don't remember if we were able to go. Did you get to go when Tab Ramos was there? Uh, to the training or no, you know because covid cut like all that yeah. stuff off so yeah they didn't have anything yeah but no i mean honestly with the, i mean to be completely honest i wasn't paying attention to much of the game because it was like the second string guys the so as soon as i walked in they had let all the like the first half finished and basically all the starters uh, per se, because you know we're missing a bunch of players, so it's kind of like unfair to like give out the the lineup because I don't think it's gonna be the final lineup. So you know it's kind of unfair to put it out there, but you know all those guys were were going out uh, to I don't know if they were gonna like go cool off or do some like work on the side. They they actually left that field, and then uh, some other guys they they stayed and they played the second half uh, with with like the the rest of the Houston Dynamo too. Um, and I actually got to meet, um, his name is Walker and he is like the Edgar for the Houston Dynamo too. He's the communications guy for Houston Dynamo too. So cool guy. We were talking about, you know, the whole project of the Houston Dynamo too. Unfortunately, he couldn't give me a list yet because nothing has been defined by the league. And actually, uh, I think something came, more information came out like yesterday or the day before yesterday about that, about the roster and stuff like that for Houston Dynamo too. So I think we'll get that information in March. So, you know, if you're a Houston Dynamo 2 person waiting to see what, you know, what that's going to be about, uh, that, all the information will come in March. But, like, to be more specific about Pablo Nagamura, he, you know, he was obviously across the, the way from me. But he didn't seem, it wasn't, like, a lot of screaming or anything like that. Like, you can tell he was, like, telling people what to do. Uh, but something that I did saw that at the end was that whenever the scrimmage finished, he went up to players and he was like giving them like instructions or yeah, I guess tips or pointers or whatever. So I thought that was really cool. I've, you know, I've never seen it from Tab Ramos during the games. Actually, Tab Ramos would tell you that he actually would just go home and not go into the rear dressing room. Yeah. Very was, awkward. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was, a, it was a good experience overall. I got to meet like, you know, some people. I actually saw uh, Superstar Webb. He was there. He's always there, man. Shout out to Webb. Yeah, he actually told me he listens to the show. So shout out. This is a special message for Webb. Um, yeah, you yeah, know no, you you know cool. you made it if he listens to your show. Right. There you go. 
so we are web official and you know that's it that, that was basically it there wasn't a lot honestly much to see uh pat also was there asher was there um pat's um what's it called assistant was there i forgot his name i apologize asher not ash is it oh asher? Is it there's nicoba 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 that guy yeah, yeah, that one I got was you. there. Nicoba, yeah. And then Brian Ching made an appearance. And I was kind of starstruck uh, a little bit, to be honest. Uh, I said hi, but it was very awkward. Like, you know, when like kids see it, like uh, somebody that they like, and they're like, hi, you know. And Here, I'll, throw my, I'll throw my Brian Ching. Like, I think it was 2019. And uh, I gave tickets. I had extra tickets. So I went to the game and I had extra tickets. And I gave them to this. Uh, Rodrigo would know when I say this, but Chuki. Uh, his daughter, so I don't know who Chucky is, but uh, yeah, Chucky, uh, he's a guy that we played soccer with, but his daughter, I think it was a senior in high school, anyways. So she's not that old, right? She's probably like 18 or something. And I'm right behind us is Brian Chink passing by with actually Bobby Boswell. And I'm like, dude, dude, it's Brian Ching and Bobby <laughs> Boswell. And the kid, like, looked at like he was a soccer player or whatever like in high school and he looked back and he's like, I don't know who Brian Ching is. And I was like, what? Like, and, and it hit me, you know, the kid was probably three years old when the dynamo were a part of it. And it's like, yeah, I just thought it was kind of funny, but boo- hey, 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 I was going to say, just add to that. Um, hey, it's, it's not uncommon. Um, we had Brad Davis come and show us the trophies at our high school. Nobody knew who he was. <laughs> and he had just won was, the titles too. Yeah. And everybody was just taking pictures of the trophy. I think as a team, we took a picture with him because it was our coach's, like, friend from, like, I don't know. Um, but it was the funniest thing. Like, now looking back at it, it's like, damn, we had Brad Davis, like, right there. And nobody asked him questions. I mean, he, he was pretty young, too. But, like, nobody asked him questions. Nobody really went to him. So, <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> but, anyways, um, so, obviously, scrimmages are happened in Saturday. And they're actually going to continue, like I mentioned the team is in Arizona, and um, they will be scrimmaging tomorrow, tomorrow, Wednesday. Hopefully, by the time you hear this episode, uh, the matches will happen. I'm pretty sure they will not be streamed, at least not the one for tomorrow. But Saturday, well, and, the, and for that game, they're playing Rosa Lake, which is kind of funny because they'll be playing them at the end of the month, as we know, for the first match of the season. But Saturday, they will be playing Colorado Rapids and should be streaming um, on the Houston Dynamo website. So, you know, if you're looking forward to seeing a little bit of what the scrimmages look like, you know, you'll get a glimpse on Saturday. But, you know, one thing that you did mention, Christian, you know, right now, not necessarily to be unfair or not fair to, you know, who's quote unquote, you know, the starters. But I think there's not necessarily starting lineup yet. I mean, it's so early. So, you know, I think right now Nagamore is taking as much notes as he can to try to put the his best 11, uh, you know, obviously bearing injury uh, for the opening of the season. But with that being said, Rodrigo, again, they're playing Real Salt Lake tomorrow on Wednesday, and then they play Saturday playing Colorado. You know, what, what do you want to see out of the Dynamo? I know we mentioned a little bit last episode, but in the sense of like, do you think the, you know, the formation will be defined in this couple games coming up? Um, no, I don't think we'll have a defined formation. Um, well, I guess lineup is not going to be defined. Formation, I would say so. Um, 
you know, like when we read into it and what uh, Paulo likes, you know, he's going with a 4-3-3. Um, so I think that that would be the formation. Um, it's all going to depend how he's going to play the mids. If he wants like a def uh, defensive center mid or attacking center mid or, you know, to doing that role, I think that would be defined. And I think for the most, you know, well, I wouldn't say defined, but if it works with this one, I think he'll move forward until he finds something that's not working. Um, obviously, you know, we expect them to do a lot of um, testing out different players in different positions and different combinations. So I think if you find something he likes and he'll probably try to stick with it or wasn't, but Hey, no, I, I think I'm, I'm with you too. I think, uh, you know, there's, there's still time, you know, you're trying, I guess there's only 26 days till the first match, but there's still time to refine what your lineup looks like. Obviously the squad, the squad itself is pretty dang similar to what we had last year. Of course, there's a few additions, very small additions. I feel like a lot of the, the fat was cut. Um, and it's up to uh, Nagamura to get the best out of the guys, you know, fresh start for everybody. I think there was, I don't know if it was Nagamura. No, oh, it was Pat Onstad, actually. In the interview that he had with Glenn Davis, he mentioned how I think Memo Rodriguez was doing very well. You know, so a lot of the guys that, you know, um, are getting fresh starts. Yeah, because he mentioned, actually, I need to look for that clip. I mean, I may add it here. But he mentioned the fact that, you know, Memo wasn't sure if he wanted to be here or not, you know, uh, just because he looked like he wasn't fitting in. And and it's good to know that, you know, he's striving to do better for the team. But I, I would say, is, um, you know, the way he wants to play, the way he wants to press, the way he wants to recover the ball, the way he wants to possess the ball, a lot of that's going to depend on uh, the players that he says, hey, listen, um, you know, one guy I want to actually – uh, kind of call out here is is Memo, who's been uh, had had an excellent first week, and there's a guy that that wasn't happy, wasn't sure if he wanted to be, or wasn't sure of the plan for himself, and has come in with a fantastic attitude and has given everything to Paulo. And Paulo's like this, this kid is, you know, he's he's proving that he should be on the field. So I have to give him uh, Memo credit and Paulo credit that the two of them kind of spoke and and he sees a pathway here to get minutes on the field, which is what what Memo ultimately wants. Which that kind of leads me to the uh, conference call, right, that, that we had. Christian, you want to touch on who was in that conference call today? Yeah, man. So today, uh, a couple of people went in. So Junqua was there, Sam Junqua. Uh, and he basically, people asked him about um, how Paulo Nagamura was, like the type of style he was. Yeah, I think that the way I would put it is that off the field, he expects us to conduct ourselves in a way that respects the badge that we're representing and respects the club. And then on the field, he's a little bit more hands-on and he's very demanding about little things and he'll let you know if he's not happy. Yeah. And that's the same with his whole staff. They're vocal and they let you know when something needs to be better or how they would want it to be better. And basically what I got out of, out of that, his conversation was that, you know, uh, it was basically open competition for everybody. And that uh, Paulo was very demanding and, and he, he knew what he wanted. He came in, he told the guys, you know, I'm looking for this, this, this and that. And that's what, you know, it's going to be like, that's what it's going to take for you to be part of the team, basically. And, and I mean, I like that, you know, as a, as a, as a fan, 
as a person looking from the outside, the fact that, you know, the players are talking like that, that, you know, the coach has a straight idea of what he wants them to do and they are, you know, trying to execute that, I think, I think is very valuable, uh, especially from a young guy, you know, like Sam Junqua that, you know, his fourth year in the league, but, you know, he's still young. So I think, I think it's, I think it's good. You know, it's a good sign for, for everybody out from the outside looking in, right? Uh, another one was Matias Vera. Ah, bueno, obviamente que, que el equipo está entusiasmado, sabe que, que arranca, como decís vos, de ser otra vez para todo, que todos tienen la posibilidad de, de mostrarse, más allá que calculo que, que Paulo ya debe ir eh, imaginándose el equipo que, que quiere plasmar en, en, en el once inicial, pero, pero obviamente es una oportunidad para todos, ¿no? De, de poder mostrarse, de poder eh, en, esta, en este ambiente competitivo poder cada uno ir ganándose su lugar, mostrándose y, y bueno, lo que esperamos para, para estos partidos, como dije, ¿no? intentar plasmar todo lo que venimos trabajando y todo lo que quiere Paulo adentro de la cancha who is not as young, but also kind of new to the league. But also, I think he has earned a spot as a starter, in my opinion, just because of the great performances that he had. And like we were talking, you know, before we started, uh, he did get a contract renewal with a little bit more money, which should, you know, equal more uh, more pressure on him to to perform. And also he was talking about the coach and, you know, expectations and stuff like that. So, uh, and then of course, Paulo Nagamura, but it was mostly like questions about, you know, just how, how does it feel to, to kind of get some space, like away from Houston, kind of like this bonding experience in, in Tucson and kind of what he expected. But it was like basic stuff, you know, same same questions that usually get, get asked. Uh, I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to get my question in, which was going to be about, you know, the starting 11 and how if he has that kind of figured out. Because I asked him actually, I asked him the same question After the first week of training, I asked him if he was already looking into the starting 11. And he basically said, you know, it was still too early to tell. So I was going to ask him, you know, if he was still too early to tell, even though, like, we're about to play our first, like, competitive game, I guess, in a way. Um, we have a very good group here of players. Uh, a very group of uh, great individuals that want to, uh, to be in a winning team. So that's very important for what we're trying to achieve and how we want to change things around uh, to have players that are coachable, players that, that want to grow, players that uh, want to make this a successful team. So uh, that definitely makes my my job a little easier. Uh, and, and that's what we, we're striving for. We're striving to put a good team on the field that have the same objective and the same uh, enthusiasm to, to get results done. Um, but yeah, that was like the press conference of today and, and we'll have one, uh, after the Saturday game. So, you know, for next episode, we'll probably, you know, have more, more information and more quotes from Paulo and whoever jumps on. Yeah. And Rodrigo, I know you listened to the, you know, the conference as well. Is there anything that you want to add that, you know, Christian didn't mention? Yeah. Spoiler for that starting 11, um, Steve Clark will be the starter. That, that was kind of, <laughs> I was just messing. Um, I think that's pretty straightforward. And I, obviously they asked him that um, on the last press conference and it was like, uh, no shit, Sherlock kind of moment. <laughs> We brought him here for a reason. He's going to be the starter. But um, yeah, no, uh, uh, Matias Vera, when he was, they were asking him a lot of questions of, um, you know, how South, South Americans are doing in the league and um, Argentinians in general. And, um, and, you know, he's, he's happy to see that. They asked him also about um, 
No, la verdad que muy ilusionado. Bueno, ahora, como decís vos, llegó Seba y, y es un gran jugador, un, una, un chico joven que tiene muchas ganas y le va a aportar, le va a aportar esa, esas ganas al equipo. Se nota en, en cada entrenamiento, en cada partido que jugamos entre nosotros y nada, el ambiente en el equipo es positivo, eh, se ven las ganas, se ve que, que hay un cambio y, y bueno, esa mentalidad ojalá nos lleve a a poder lograr los resultados que queremos y, y bueno, darle muchas alegrías a la gente de Houston. Sebastián, how he's fitting in and he, he says he likes the kid that um, he shows a lot of ambition and uh, he knows, you know, he wants to succeed. Um, so, and he, you know, he shows that on the field. So I guess that's a little positive sign that we can, you know, get as I like the new signing of, hey, this guy's here to work. Um, go ahead, Chris. Oh. Okay, sorry, sorry. Because uh, you know this this whole week, the past, I think, yeah, last week they the Dynamo did like you know opening week, whatever, that they had like different uh, like meetings with the players, and you know it was like round tables with the players, like in Spanish or in English or whatever, uh, like a Zoom call with a coach, and then the the first one it was uh, Eddie Robinson and uh, Glenn Davis. They both went live for like two hours, and they had like basically almost all of the players jump in and come in and talk. I don't know if you guys saw it, but basically Glenn Davis and, and Eddie asked every single guy about Seba and, and everybody said the same thing that, you know, uh, Rodrigo was saying that Matias said, uh, but basically, you know, was that the guy is like super, like super striker number nine. Like, you know, he loves like creating his, his, his chances. Uh, Adam Lund, 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 I can't say his name. Lundy, Uh, specifically said that the guy will shoot first and then pass later. Like, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll first look for a shot and then kind of see if he can like, oh, sorry, I, I should have passed it to you. But, you know, sometimes you need that selfishness from your number nine, you know, because sometimes, you know, those selfish moments turn into goals. You know, maybe he, you know, there might be chances where he could have maybe passed the ball. But I think the, the idea that the guy has such a like hunger for goals I think it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be good. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but uh, it was basically about Sebas as well. Right. No, no, you're good. And one thing, uh, maybe you heard about it, Christian, but um, there was a question or an answer. I would say uh, Nagamura was saying about headers, practicing headers, or not sure what that was about. No, I I was I was bathing my kids at the time, so uh, gotcha. I had Nagamura in one year and all my kids on the other. So it's yeah, hard. yeah. I, I was busy doing time. something and it was the same thing. And then I just kept hearing about like this, you know, practicing headers or doing a header drill or something. And don't worry, I, I, I kind of thought it was interesting. Or once maybe, I get the clip, maybe it wasn't, but it was just. Yeah, I was. I was gonna say once I get the clip, I can add it here if people want to yeah. hear that. I'll make your your own assumptions left. Yeah, <laughs> for real. But uh, you know the the great part that uh has or the best part, I guess out of all the staff guys is how, you know, transparent they've been, you know, with all the information. I think yeah. one thing that Todd Ramos definitely put like a high standard was that, right? Try to be as open to the media as possible. I do think he was a little cliche in a lot of the stuff he said, um, but he was willing to, you know, come uh, to, you know, interviews either with, you know, Glenn Davis or whoever it was really. I mean, you pretty much saw him get interviewed by you know, everybody. And he was okay doing that, you know, having time for media to ask questions, but the transparency that we're seeing, you know, from all the staff guy, from all the staff members, such as Pat Onset, obviously, uh, Asher, uh, I 
obviously Nagamura as well. But, you know, you see the transactions happening, like the Bahamich, you know, transfer getting loaned out. And they were, you know, put out a tweet basically saying what it meant, you know. It's like, hey, you know, we obviously loaned him out to a good situation for him and for us. Uh, it opened up, a, you know, an international slot and, and you know, blah, blah, blah. And they just, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And uh, and and so totally, yeah, inside joke here. Um, so totally, you know, they're able to tell you what they're doing with all this stuff, and are able to do, and are able to do uh, um, the transactions in an open way that is just not backdoor. Uh, you know, old general manager that we used to have that it was about just core value. It doesn't fit our core values, and and that's it, right? And it's it's more about really letting us know or have an inside look at what the GM looks, which allows us to play GM a little bit, you know, knowing, you know, how much money is being spent or what, you know, allocation is happening or roster spots. Anyways, I think it's very refreshing to have all that. Um, I know I kind of rambled a bit. If you guys want to add anything to that, otherwise we can move. Okay. I'll go ahead, Christian. All right, all right. I'll, I'll go ahead. No, I just wanted to add the fact that, you know, they've been talking about adding two more pieces and there was a lot of confusion about the market window, you know, because usually we think the, the European transfer window is the same thing as the MLS yeah. window, but it isn't. So, you know, we still have a, a couple of months, I think till April, right? Yeah. For this window. So obviously I think we should be like it's expectant. Is that if that is even a word? Yeah, you should be expecting uh, another... I think they'll guys. sign, a, yeah, two At more guys one, probably. Sure. Yeah. But, yeah, no, no, that's good that you mentioned that because that, that's something I had in my train of thought whenever I was thinking of some of the topics. But, yes, given that explanation that don't freak out, Dynamo fans, like, you know, the transfer window is not closed for us. Yes, it closed for Europe and a lot of – pretty much Europe, I think. Um, but we can still sign whoever, right? So – we have to April. There's plenty of time. That's why the scrimmages are happening to kind of figure out, you know, who fits, who doesn't, and who you need to pick up to uh, make the team better. Um, Rodrigo? No, I just wanted to add when you were talking about, you know, the transparency, I guess, the Dynamo has given us. And um, something I kind of liked um, about Pablo is they, when they did ask him about Bahamich, if, you know, this one, it was first rumor that he might be getting loaned out or find somewhere else. I did like that he flat out say like, dude, this guy hasn't reported to practice. He hasn't communicated any, you know, like at least he's honest, not like trying to sugarcoat us and be like, oh, we're working with, no, he was just like flat out. He's not interested in being part of the team, which I like, you know, like sometimes you want to hear that from coaches or, you know, the staff that they're say like the player's not here mentally or, you know, and they just don't want to be part of it instead of trying to drag something out. So I, I, I just kind of like that attitude with uh, Pablo. And also going into the whole transparency thing, I don't know if you guys remember or heard, but Pat Onstad also, I think was with Glenn Davis, he also mentioned the whole Quintero situation uh, about how Quintero basically in the beginning of last season, he didn't seem interested. And then eventually he he did get interested. So obviously there, there was probably something going on between him and Tab Ramos. Uh, you For know? sure, yeah. Yeah. But, you know. Just to add, you know, because obviously I'm I'm known to to be the the Quintero hater or whatever it may be, which which I'm not, but I He's jokingly not. I'll He's take not. it, you know. Yeah, I'll take the joke, which is completely fine. Uh, but I mean that explains a lot, you know. That explains a lot also from the frustrations from the fans that wanted to see him, 
and couldn't see him because he was out. And then also frustrations from fans like me that, you know, the times that he would come in, he wasn't performing to what I thought, you know, he should be performing at, you know, especially given his position status on like roster pay and stuff like that, you know, even though, like I keep saying, even though he was talented and stuff, I didn't think he was providing enough to match, you know, his potential, I guess, or whatever it may be. But the whole transparency of somebody coming out and saying, you know, he was going through a rough time, even, you know, coming in into preseason last season, you know, not in shape, which is really big for, for players nowadays. You know, preseason is not a place to get in shape. It's a place to already be in shape and come in and prove that you deserve a starting spot, you know. Like preseason, not, you know, in my day, or not even in my day because I never played, but, you know, and to what I thought, you know, sometimes you have ideas of how soccer used to be. And and to me, it was like preseason was a, a the place for you to get fit again, you know, because you come from vacation, you're slagging, you know, you you're maybe got fat or whatever. And so you come into preseason, you know, th- you know, lose some pounds and then get back in rhythm again. But as we've seen with players, you know, we talked to Palomino, we talked to a memo, we talked to Fafa, you know, you know, plug orange talk. Um, and they talked about, you know, still training on those vacations, you know, like there was maybe a week that they took off, but after that, you know, they, they had that hunger to come in and get and compete for minutes. So they, you know, they got, they got their ass back in the gym and they kept playing. They kept, you know, and we saw Palomino and, and, and I, we even saw Quintero, you know, like on his stories or whatever, maybe on Instagram, wherever, uh, you follow him. He was always posting like him working out, running, touching the ball, you know, playing, pick up games here and there with Palomino and them uh, to to like prove that they wanted to stay here. So and that's why I think, you know, he got signed another year before we had another coach, you know, which was also kind of weird because, you know, how would you why would you resign a person when there was no coach? You know, like, would he be, you know, in mind for the coach you know would he fit the coach or whatever but the guy you know the guy said from the beginning he wanted to be you know back in houston to kind of like i guess prove again that you know it wasn't him maybe that was the problem but maybe the coaching staff but you know transparency also as well there from that quintero situation to all the fans i guess in a way yeah, of and, course. So, uh, oh, do you want to go go for a minute? Just hand. to add to that inside joke uh, with Christian and not liking Quintero, I think I know why. I had read um, Quintero had tried out for Boca and got rejected. So, like, uh, you know, like I think that's just a thing that uh, it's Christian, a deep you know, cut, if, man. If, if deep he's cut. not good enough for Boca, he's not, it's not good enough for Christian. So, I think exactly. that's that's where the, yeah, the he's comes not good to. for Boca. He's not good for the Dynamo. Period. <laughs> <laughs> But but no, I uh, I think it's been uh pretty amazing all the info. Yeah, what's up, man? No, no, no. Keep keep going with the joke. But funny enough, uh, Boca Juniors is known for having a lot of Colombians in their teams, so that's hilarious. You know, like most of like my idols, you know, Boca Junior idols growing up were were Colombians. You know, like I think Boca at one point in time had like four starters in their lineup that were Colombians. So. Yeah, if we get him on the on the show, we'll ask him about that. See if he has any memories or any <laughs> anything any, on that. Any Boca Junior memories? Yeah, but. yeah. We need to we need to get him on the show for sure. Orange talk. We'll let someone translate, or Rodrigo or Edgar can translate. A ver, Quintero, if you're listening, or in español, Quintero, si estás escuchando, por favor, venga venga hablar con nosotros en el show. There you go. Yeah, let's go. But um, 
yeah, I'll make sure to put a few of the clips, hopefully from the conference call on this kind of so you know some of the fans that don't get uh to hear it uh, are able to hear some glimpses of some of the questions answered but talking about fans of the show we do have a few fan questions we uh were able to put a you know kind of throw it out there for the on our instagram page for you know our fans to reach out with any of the questions um we picked three questions and i think two of them are kind of definitely dynamo and one is not but we'll start with the one that is not because i think it's uh it's a good question overall still so the dago uh asked thoughts on salcedo he's i think it's spelled wrong but what is it uh it's uh carlos salcedo going to toronto rodrigo we'll start with you you know mexican international what does it mean for him to go to toronto and you know you can always piggyback on the fact that he was you know, rumored to come to the Dynamo as well, man. Um, yeah, first of all, it, it is spelled correctly. It's Salcedo, not Salcedo, if that's what you're trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think um, I thought about it after the fact. <laughs> I got you. Um, yeah, I mean, he was rumored, and I know I think you kind of wanted him maybe to come to the Dynamo um, just to bring a little bit more experience. I know recently the Mexican national team fans or people – have not been really pleased with her performance. Um, he's just been making a lot of bad decisions on the field. Um, you know, it cost us a couple games or, you know, the mistakes kind of led to giving the ball away and not being successful. Um, with Davis, you know, he, he's done pretty well. Um, you know, Davis has always had a pretty good team, and I think he um, had even scored a goal to send them into like this, um, I don't know, quarterfinals, semifinals um, last season. Um, but yeah, I mean, he brings a lot to the team, um, with Toronto. I think I saw somewhere that I guess he called up Carlos Vela to ask him about, um, Bob Bradley and how he is as a coach. And, you know, Carlos Vela had everything good to say about him, um, that he will really enjoy working with him. And, you know, Salcedo is not, um, um, what do you call it? He, he's, he's used to the league, he, you know, playing at, uh, Salt Lake growing up there, you know, he obviously speaks English very well. Um, he'll fit right in, I think. And, you know, I, we all know um, Bob Bradley's team are are pretty competitive. So I think he saw something in him that he likes. I, I think he'll do well. Yeah, I think I think it's great for the league to have a player like that. But Christian, what do you want to add on? Not that Toronto is just stacking up like they, it's MLS Cup or bust, huh? You know, it's funny they said because that really seems like it, they go through this like roller coaster of like getting so many good players. Like, you know, at one point they had like Yovinko, you know, a lot of, you know, players that which took them might be back. Yeah. He's in the roster makeup. So who knows? They haven't officially said they, anything. They invited him to training camp. That's what I, I saw. But but again, they went through like a peak and then eventually they lost so many other players. And I mean, if you really think about it, they were in the MLS Cup like what three years ago, three four years ago. You know, they ended up losing to Seattle, but um, it's just incredible the the way they literally dip all the way down. I mean, I think they were like in last place, you know, the last two seasons or something like that. And again, they're back up, peaking to you know signing obviously Carlos Salcedo. Signing uh, Insigne, sign, signing like, I mean, if your Minko's back, no matter, I mean, the guy's 36 or whatever, but it's still like a 
pretty stacked roster. Obviously, we haven't even mentioned like Pozuelo. You know, I think the Dynamo, as fans of the Dynamo, we would love for that to kind of be our thing too, you know, to have some big, big name players come to the team. And, and you know, hopefully with the way uh, it's going right now, maybe we'll head that way. But yeah. And, and, and for that to happen, we, you know, uh, for those that can vote and stuff like that on legal stuff, make sure you vote <laughs> that uh, sports betting can be legal in Texas so they can get that money from Fuvo and then we can buy some players. Yeah, you're not lying. That, that'd be great, you know, to get that that um, that extra incentive if the uh, Texas ends up legalizing uh, g- uh, gambling, okay. special sports gambling. Uh, Rodrigo? No, I said, I'm pretty sure I have a link somewhere about it. So, like, if you want to put it on the site, there you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll probably do it, man. Well, is it is, is it by change.org? Because I'm tired of those guys emailing me about <laughs> vote for this, vote for that. Anyways, but uh, which that, that leads me to the uh, uh, question talking about structure, I guess. Uh, we had uh, Chris Flores, so un tocayo para Christian. Uh, he was. Just wanted, uh, he said, can we get a clarification? Can we get a clear breakdown of job roles? Owner, president, GM, technical director, blah, blah, blah. So that's obviously a very detailed question. Um, but the way it's set up, and I'll kind of just say in general. So obviously, you, the owner oversees everything that the staff does. You know, usually, like in his case, he's not somebody that is a soccer expert by any means. Um, you know, he's a guy that is going to put in money, but always looking to invest and get that, you know, what do you, the fancy word Rodrigo was a return of investment. And, uh, so yes, yeah, so he's trying to make money out of the money he's putting in. Right. And so we've noticed that he's done a lot of investing. Um, the best thing he's done so far is hire Pat Onset, which is the fire general. Yeah. Fire my Jordan. Yeah, that's true. That was a big, and then uh, getting once he got Pat Onstad and Pat Austin, Pat Onstad and him, and uh, what's his name? Oh my God, I'm blanking on the guy's name. Walker, what's his name? John Walker, the president John Walker, which again, it's another guy that came from like NBA, so I, he's not super, you know, soccer is not his forte by any means, but the experience that he has, you know helping teams grow and develop, you know, whether it be marketing or whatever is there. So in conjunction, the idea is, you know, you have Pat Onset that oversees everything, whether it be, and then you have your technical director being uh, Asher Mendeson that tends to literally what the name says, you know, he's the guy that directs everything that is technical, <laughs> technical uh, for the team. Um, then you have Nick Kova, which is the assistant of the general manager. So, and director of soccer operations. So again, same thing. That's kind of broken down into their, you know, specific fields and all those guys being directly on the soccer side of it, which is crazy because we didn't have that. And we've been in what 17 seasons and that never happened. You know, it's incredible. We're, we're so far behind like other clubs. Um, but it's good to see, you know, better, better late than never, I guess. Um, and of course, you have head coach, uh, Pablo Nagamura, who, as we're going down the tree, that's basically how they all eventually, you know, that 
word that it has been thrown around is collaboration. And so they, they should be able to collaborate and get, uh, you know, everything related to the squad itself uh, together. All these guys are just working to make the squad better, you know, making um, the, the team itself, you know, have the results that we want, which is not to be uh, dead last in the Western Conference again. Definitely, we can't do it a third straight year, man. That would hurt. Um, but, you know, th that's basically the structure. And, I mean, the roles are very, you know, if you, I would say, try to listen to uh, Glenn Davis at the interview, all, all these guys, and they kind of go into depth uh, in uh, exactly what roles they do. And if you really listen, they all basically, like, intermingle. Like, they're all, you know, they tend to... Um, do a little bit of what all of them do. And so it's kind of, I think there's kind of like a gray area, but you know, I'm sure there's a, there's a method to the madness, but, but that's that question. Um, and lastly, this, this question was going to be only for Christian, but I think Rodrigo, you can be a part of this one. Oscar asked, do y'all expect playoffs? Because I do. I feel the team is good for playoffs because of the new number nine. Yeah. So Uh, you want to answer, Christian? All right, whatever. I'll go first. I was, yeah. I was saying, I was saying for the video ago, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess short answer is yes. <laughs> I do expect this team to go to the playoffs. I mean, um, I believe that this team and this like organization more than all the previous years because I think every year we hear the same thing like, oh, you know, our goal is the playoffs, our goal is the playoffs, but this one just seems a little bit more organized, more like. It seems like even mature. I don't know. It's like it's a weird term to like use, but it's like they're mature and like they know what they want. Yeah, you know, when you're trying to find a girlfriend, when you're like you're in your in your twenties and you kind of want to settle down or whatever, or maybe you're in your thirties or whatever, maybe you're like, you know what? I'm ready for a girl to like get married, have, get a house, have kids or whatever, maybe. And you know, you don't go to the club to go find her. You know, you go somewhere else. You meet her at a meat market or something like that. You know. I don't know. I don't know why I said me market, but maybe just like the supermarket. <laughs> like carniceria. <laughs> like, like you go to La Michoacana and then she's there. But, you know, like they seem like they know what they want and they seem like they are putting the effort in, into making that, you know, what they're saying to make it come true. You know, it's not like they're they're BSing. I was talking to, um, to a guy the other day, uh, a friend of mine, Andrew, and So I don't know how true this is, but I, I don't know where he heard it, from, heard it from. So he doesn't know if it's true or not. But he had heard that. Yeah, I know. Right. A guy from a guy from a guy from a guy. It's a hearsay. For yeah, exactly. So he had heard that the GM uh, of the team, like if he doesn't spend all the money, like they have, they have to spend like a certain amount of money on players and whatever he doesn't spend, he gets to pocket that, which I don't think is true, you know, but I was thinking, If it does happen to be true, you know, let's just say in in that in that world, it would make a lot of sense of why, you know. Uh, oh, Matt, yeah, Matt Jordan, yeah, Matt Jordan was getting all kinds of bonuses I mean, in your in that would, world, right? I would I would have done the same thing, honestly. <laughs> pocket all that and just screw the team, you know. But but are we least... talking about Dynamo or like a hundred team? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Probably <laughs> both. throw some shade under on. Um, Their crisis right. that they had earlier. Well, you know that's well. Never mind. I won't say nothing. But uh, one thing that was mentioned in the past, which who knows, it's true. But you know, obviously, at one point we had so many Honduran, you know, players, 
And I, there was a question that I think another reporter asked basically how it seemed that it was kind of known that one agent brought a bunch of players just to make a deal with the team. And basically that's the reason why we had so many Hondurans who knows if that's true or not that, that I could see. And, and funny enough, now that we're talking about transparency and stuff like that, Pat, somebody asked that to Pat Onstad about, you know, agents and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys remember to heard it. That, that's where I got it from. That's, that's oh, what okay, I got okay, from. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically Pat Onstad was saying like, most of the guys have different agents so you know he didn't he didn't want to get you know say stuff you know throw shit at any throw shade at anybody or shit whatever it may be uh but uh basically saying that you know like not everybody has the same agent so it's you know it's, it's there's nothing shady going on but you know just to continue that i think yeah uh, i trust the, the, this organization a lot more than what i did the rest um, and I think that they are making, you know, the, the steps, you know, they're taking the steps necessary to get to that goal. So I, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, I think they will be in that fighting chance to make the playoffs as, as Finister once said, you know, I want them to fight to the last game of the season. You know, if, if decision day has to be a decision day for Houston Dynamo, I am more than glad for that. You know, I think it's a good stepping stone from going two years in a row being last in the West to a decision day that actually matters. And then, you know, maybe next year we can try again. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, honestly, I would be happy with a decision day game that actually matter for Houston. And uh, Rodrigo definitely want to get your thoughts on that as well. But I do want to add, obviously with the scrimmages happening, right. Um, at the same time, Going dark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I saw that like the video games, dark mode, bro. Um, but you know, we got to take the scrimmages with a grain of salt, right? Because if you look back at last year, we lit, we, I think we played either eight or 10 scrimmages. We won like all but two. And you know where we ended, you know, the season. But Rodrigo, what, yeah, go ahead and, you know, what, what do you think we're going to be at? Um, I'll be on the opposite spectrum with Christian on this. I would say playoffs are not expected. I mean, we literally just landed in last place. Of the, you know, um, but it's not, I wouldn't say it's not expected, you know, like if right now you tell, I'm sure if you add this to Pat and be like, are you, you expect to make the playoffs um, or anybody? I would say no, because you're still trying to find your identity um, with Paulo. But do we have the team to make the playoffs? Yeah, absolutely. I think we, like Christian mentioned, and we've mentioned in other podcasts here, um, I think we'll be middle of the table and that'll be good enough. I mean, if we ex exceed that, excel that, I should say, um, you know, that's fantastic. You know, that, that's what we want as fans. That's what we want for the team to keep pushing for that and, you know, keep competing every single year. Um, but I don't think it's expected to make playoffs. Um, if you just look at, you know, those people that like betting and, you know, the odds, we're not expected to make the playoffs. Um, we're not even close to that. If th this is where Rudy can actually do his gambling and put a hundred dollars on the Dynamo to win, and he might actually get lucky this time, but at the same time, your your money will just be going straight to the house because <laughs> it's yeah, not expected. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, and and that's the thing. That's also, I think, a good question to to like explore the whole like you know, do we have a a, a good enough team? to like make it to the playoffs. Cause I mean, we talked about last year, how 
we, well, at least I did, you know, I always talked good about the team and how good they played, but obviously, you know, soccer is not about how you play. It's about how many goals you score at the end of the day. You know, like you can play like Barcelona and like, you know, prime Barcelona, but you know, if they counterattack and you lose, you know, Colombia did with, uh, with Peru. Well, I didn't watch the game, but I heard from a Colombian himself. He was like, dude, we killed Peru. We killed Peru. And then Peru had one, like one breakaway at the end of the, in the 94th minute and they scored and that was it, you know, and, and that's all that matters. So, so yeah, I mean, we can sit here and even Pat Onstead said that, you know, the group of players, you know, uh, actually uh, Tim Parker, I think said it, that, you know, the group of players that he was coming into and he saw the talent or whatever, and the talent was there, you know, like, I mean, it is an MLS team. So like, you know, some players did well on their teams and some didn't. But I think, you know, the, the, the names, maybe they're not como recognizable. Is that a word? I don't know. But I think yeah. the, the team itself played pretty well. You know, it's just a perfect storm of in, inexperience in the coaching, you know, in the coach, you know, like sub substitutions and stuff like that. Like, I think that killed us. And then just, I don't know, just like a bad, you know, bad luck. Not, yeah. having, not having the players that were needed, like a number nine. You know, it just, I think it was like the perfect storm for us to, to suck. And, and, but I think we had potential, but well, obviously you can't do anything with potential. Let me go ahead and add a little bit on that because it's true. I think, you know, you look at last season and we went through like this winningless streak, which was a ton of ties at one point, right? And it could have gone either way. We spoke about the fact that you could have lost some, you could have won some. But, you know, imagine if you, instead of getting, you know, 10 ties, you may have gotten three wins out of those ties you know, points would add up and maybe we would have sneaked into the playoffs. Now, looking at this new regime with Dago, I mean, I feel that, you, yes, we finally have a number nine because we missed it when Mauro Manotas left for sure. But I feel the team is definitely well-rounded, right? I think we have, um, apart from maybe another right back to create some competition and, you know, I'm, I think I'm good with the midfields we have and the wingers. I know that we're looking into bringing some because it doesn't hurt, obviously. And, you know, if you can get somebody better, you know, of course, it, it just helps. But just looking at the team as a whole, I think it's there is a potential of making the playoffs. I, as much as want to be optimistic and, you know, say we're going to make the playoffs or whatever, I want to say we're not going to make the playoffs. But I know. But like Rodrigo was mentioning, like if we don't make it, that don't expect for Pablo to get fired, right? I don't because it'd be pointless. Like you're trying to start something new, but you do want to see the team do better. You you know you want to see them win win every third game or win every you know fourth game. Don't go three months without winning or you know show a little bit more. You know, even if we're not, you know, obviously now there's 14 teams. I don't want to be 14 by any means. But, you know, if we are a spot away from making the playoffs, of course, it's going to hurt. But at least you are seeing some improvement. And 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 the biggest thing that I want to see overall, even if we don't make the playoffs, win every home game or, you know, definitely don't lose home games. Try to keep those points in Houston um, you know, whether it be wins or ties, but don't let your opponent come here and, and get those three points out of, you know, the heat and, you know, everything that is on your head for you to take advantage of. Don't let them escape. Yeah. Yeah. Make it, make it a fortress, you know, make, make Houston a fortress. And also adding to that, 
it's the opposite. You know, in two years, how many away games did we win? One or two? That's ridiculous. I think not even... I think a, a high school team can can win more away games, you know, in the MLS than the Dynamo did. I mean, you have to win, you know, some, you know, like I well, think yeah, and and I think it's it, it like even if you look at some good of like you know some of the top teams in the league, it's not like they win every away game either, but they hardly lose at home. So you know, if you make your like you said, you know, the your your home to be a fortress for you not to lose any points and get a tie or a win every now and then way man you know how that'll get you in the playoffs for sure and if you get that then you know yeah, you're set I, and at least at least with like the easy teams you know because there's some teams that are, are harder to play away like away maybe like a portland seattle uh skc you know almost half of the conference <laughs> but you know there's some there's some games that you know you go away and you're like you know it it could be a winnable game you know like maybe it depends when colorado is having a bad year maybe you can you know have a good away game uh maybe you can go to minnesota and maybe you know get a point at least uh Real Salt Lake is, is doing pretty good, but usually they're, you know, they're not, they're known to drop some points here and there. Uh, but, you know, just like teams like that, that you can maybe go and uh, maybe get a tie, you know, teams that are not super strong at home, uh, just go out there and, and at least get a, get a point back. You know, uh, there's some games that are going to be a given that you're probably going to lose. Um, and, and like, we are okay with that. As long as, as long as you put out the effort, I think we're okay with, you know, going obviously i don't expect you to go out there and with the mentality of losing i think that's that's dumb but i think as dynamo fans or as just fans period you know that some fields are you know harder than others so you know but the expect expectation is for you to go to some fields and at least bring a point back home yeah so i'll rodrigo i'll let you add something if you want to but i did wanted to say you know don't worry dynamo fans we're definitely you know or before the season begins we'll go more in detail of our expectations and maybe you know each of us give you know maybe where we think you know realistically where the team will end uh position wise and what do we expect but rodrigo what's up i just wanted to add a quick um stat on that away that uh, games um that christian was talking about so in the last six years we've only won eight away games our best, or I guess it ties it with another year, but um, in 2019, we won two away games, but lost 15. Not even a tie, just lost 15. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we really need to work on that. Terrible. <laughs> yeah, and that's pretty bad, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you don't you, – I don't want to – I mean, granted, if we went out and won every single away game, I wouldn't be mad either. But there's – realistically, that can't happen. But you have to be able to take away points – and like I said, you have to win every time at home. But Christian, I said we go ahead and close this out, man. Um, tell the people where they can uh, connect with us, man. Yeah, man. So you can always check us out on IG and Twitter at Dynamo Theory. You can go to Dynamo Theory Podcast at gmail.com to send us an email, you know, send questions, concerns, or comments, or whatever it may be. Or you can just DM us, honestly. Uh, you can find me at Chris Putalias. You can find Rudy at Rudy Segura three. You can find Rodrigo at Rodrigo Segura zero one. And for everything, you can find everything at um, DynamoTheory.com. Don't forget breakfast links Mondays, Wednesday, Fridays. Um, there's going to be a bunch of players uh, profiles coming out soon. 
I mean, there's some already out there, so go check those out, but there's more coming out. And uh, yeah, man, there's a lot more Houston Dynamo content coming out, maybe some Dash stuff also. And also when Houston Dynamo 2 comes out, uh, we're like, you know, their all their information, we're going to get, you know, more content on them as well. Because I think, you know, th- me personally, I think they're the future of this club. So I would love to keep everybody informed on them as well. So dynamotheory.com for everything, guys. Yeah. And before Rodrigo, thank, thanks to all the fans and closes us out. I do want to add, you know, make sure to check out the orange talk we've done a you know three fan interview or sorry we've done three player interviews uh what being memo marcelo uh palomino and fafa pico or last one uh we were supposed to have another one but it didn't pan out uh so obviously preseason kicked off right so uh preseason kicked off so because of that we're definitely uh maybe it may be a while before uh we get another player to show up. But, you know, if you have a player in mind, man, shoot us a, you know, a DM, send us a message. You know, if there's a specific guy that you may want. Um, but, Rodrigo, I'll shut up for once and let you do your thing, man. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Um, and thank you, Houston fans, um, Houston Dynamo fans, for listening. And remember to always hold it down and keep it forever orange.